Hey everybody, on this episode of the podcast, we are going to have a special guest in with us. It's going to be amazing, and I think you're going to enjoy it tremendously. Don't you think so, Rosie? Yes. <laughs> a man of few words. Yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> but uh, we're going to cover some a whole lot of topics uh, related around conspiracy, and uh, or what would be labeled as conspiracy, and um, and, a, and a pretty cool testimony from a good friend of ours named Zeke. So um, I would say... Grab a coffee, sit back, and enjoy. You're listening to the All Out War Podcast. What's up, warriors? Welcome to another episode of All Out War. I am Turner, and I'm in the studio with Rosie. Rosie, what's up, my man? Hey, what's up? How you doing? I'm doing well. Yeah? How are you doing? Doing good. How's your uh, fast going? It's going well. Yeah? Yeah. Enjoying not having anything to eat? and or I get to eat. Well, nothing good, though. No sugar and stuff. I'm, yeah, it's good. <laughs> I'm down like 15 pounds total. So Dude, that's good. awesome. Yeah. That's great. But I put on like 25 before and, and putting, yeah, so <laughs> like Mardi Gras, yeah, like I'm exactly. gonna be fasting for three months. I'm gonna eat everything. Well, I didn't know. Yeah, we'll say it like that. That I had it all planned out. <laughs> no, I think I was gonna use the New Year. I was just stress eating. Yeah, that was my excuse. Um, I've been known to stress eat myself. Not eat you myself. Eat yourself. <laughs> yeah, not my, that came out really weird. <laughs> all right, man. You just gnaw off your fingers instead of the fingertip, like the. The, yeah, right yeah. yeah meaty um hey uh what do you know man oh hey yeah so i'm gonna read this little bit but did you know that an ethiopian king um was so impressed by electric chairs that he eventually had one that he used as a throne <laughs> an electric chair yeah <laughs> as a throne yeah because they so he uh, i'll just read this <laughs> real quick on August 6, 1890, the first electric chair in history was put into use in the death chamber of Auburn Prison, New York, in distant, Ab- I can't pronounce that, it's now called Ethiopia. Emperor Melanek II heard about it and decided this new way- method of execution should become part of his modern- modernization plan for his country. Immediately, he put in an order for three electric chairs from the American manufacturer. When the chairs arrived and were unpacked, The emperor was mortified to find out that they wouldn't work because they didn't have any electricity (laughs) in Ethiopia. Uh, Determined that his investment would not be completely wasted, he adopted one of the electric chairs as his imperial throne. (laughs) That sounds like something out of a comic strip or something. Hey, man, it's real life. That's crazy. That's Ethiopia, baby. That's Ethiopia (laughs) from the 1800s. Yeah. They haven't progressed too, too much from there. But they might have electricity. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, hey, if you listen from Ethiopia, thanks for joining. Sorry, in. man. Yeah, you've come You're a long a way, baby. Beautiful country. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, R- they rich do have, culture. They, they have, have a rich culture. Good coffee. I will say that they have yeah. a great coffee culture down there. I don't drink e- coffee. Ethiopian. No. Yeah, it's good stuff. I'm assuming. So we've got one more thing to do, and then okay. we're going to introduce our amazing yes. guest. Um, it's time for. Uh, oh yeah. All right. So even just be. Oh. Bear with us, guys, because yeah. we know we've missed a couple weeks, but yeah. it's an baby doesn't exist anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> We're on week 29. Baby is as big as a head of cauliflower. 
Nice. It's between 15.5 and 16 inches long, two and a half to three pounds. We have 11 weeks to go. Uh, let's see. Wow. The baby might begin to smile. It says, especially in his sleep, baby's hiccuping. And uh, it says, as your little bean plumps up, your womb is getting <laughs> a, a bit cramped. Oh, So those hard kicks you were feeling mm. will be more of jabs and pokes. Oh, gotcha. So he can't move as much. And it is a girl. We're having a little girl. We knew that. Yeah. Well, whenever episode. whenever we find out what the baby is. We know. No. We know. We remember. No. Uh, you're in denial. Uh, Such a poor parent. I have no child. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the baby update. You still can't kill it. Still can't kill it. Still can't kill it. Ba- you know, even Tulsi Gabbard. That's the right. The only Democrat that said you can't kill it in the third trimester. So yeah, everyone else says you can kill that baby yeah it's crazy and bloomberg i jumped into the race and he said you could kill it after it was out of the womb yeah loser well, that's new york baby <laughs> those babies gotta be tough they gotta yeah fight off <laughs> oh man I, i'm not gonna say anything more i can get in trouble yeah go ahead all right so <laughs> <laughs> we have a great episode this is actually i'm i'm looking forward to how this is going to play out because uh it we this is our we have a special guest in the studio with us and um, I'm just going to introduce him right now Zeke Zeke how are you? Uh, I'm doing fantastic. I probably sound like a robot to most of you. <laughs> I have to conceal my identity a little bit, uh, but I hope to make this an entertaining and engaging podcast nonetheless. As we take on the great mysteries of life in the universe. That's right. Oh, it's going to be good. It's going to be excited good. about this. Yeah. So uh, I met Zeke. Um, through uh, a, a mutual friend of ours, and um, we sat down for the first time, and we had about a, I don't know, it was probably an hour and a half long conversation, and we literally covered the gamut of things. I mean, it was just amazing, and it was so much fun to talk to him because he, it's not like, um, and you'll you'll get to you'll the list. Our listeners will understand this as we get into the podcast a little bit here. He just has a lot of knowledge. He's mm-hmm. thought he's he's researched thoroughly. And he just doesn't jump to conclusions, and that's one of the things that I really appreciate about you, Zeke, is that you you thoroughly research and you uh, you want to know truth and reality. And, and I will jump in and say this because I don't know if anyone else will say it. He has an impressive background and pedigree, yes, so it's does. not just some schlub that we found on the side of the street, right? Uh, but we're not going to say anything because that's right. I mean, we're not going to give any of the details, right, right. but just trust us, right? Yeah. We could call him Dr. Zeke, and that would be cool. <laughs> that would be good. Anyways. So so where should we begin? I, well, I know we want to focus it on one particular topic, but if yeah. you want to warm up to that, or I'm not exactly sure how you want to uh, approach the subject. <laughs> I think we should warm up to it a sure. little bit. But you're, I'm going to just let the cat out of the bag right now. Your, your kind of um, passion is probably a great way to, to put it, that you enjoy talking about is flat earth. Yeah, I mean – I, I would say that's the the issue that I zero in on the most because it is the most demonstrable thing that we could talk about. We can cover a variety of different subjects here, and on a on an epistemological spectrum, they're going to vary with certainty how much I can affirm them. Mm. You know, there's only going to be so much objectivity that we can um, wring out from history books, uh, from the the testimonies of others. There are very few subjects that we can actually uh, scientifically affirm. And flat earth, 
uh, every test that we can perform here on Earth um, is completely attested to. And I think that's why I'm so passionate about it on one level is that there is such great certainty with it from an epistemological point of view. Uh, but also, um, the, it, 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 there are so few people who can actually comprehend it. Yeah. And if it is, in fact, true, it is most likely the case that this is part of the strong delusion that is talked about in the book of Revelation, that because people... Um, loved untruth and unrighteousness, uh, God sent a strong delusion. And so only a very small group of people can actually uh, see this for whatever reason. You can lay out all the evidence possible and you still have people who deny it. And so I guess the reason why I'm sort of an activist and passionate about this issue is that I hope God is using me to destroy this strong delusion that has taken over my country and the world at large. So... These are the reasons why I'm passionate about it. Yeah, I also yeah. just love studying God's creation. Yeah. I mean, you know, that, I mean, it really, that's, that should be enough of a justification right. in addition to the two that I provided before that. Yeah. So the strong delusion, can I, can I read that? Sure. It's out of Second Thessalonians chapter 2, and um, I'm just going to put it in perspective for somebody that's listening. I could be wrong. That's, well, well, there I, is I'm, I'm guessing. No, no, I, no. That's fine. That's fine. You don't have to worry about that. I'm just going to read it. It says, I urge you then... I urge then, first of all, that, that all requests, prayers, intercession... Oops, I'm sorry. My Bible flipped to the wrong page there. <laughs> that was Timothy. This is Thessalon Second Thessalonians. Concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to him, we ask you, brothers, not to become easily unsettled or alarmed by some prophecy, report, or letter supposed to have come from us, saying that the day of our Lord has already come. Don't let anyone deceive you in, in, in any way, for the day will come will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the man doomed to destruction. He will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worshipped so that he sets himself up in God's temple, proclaiming himself to be God. Um, and so that's in reference to this strong delusion because it, if you read down a little bit further, it says in verse 10, it says, "...and every sort of evil that deceives those who are perishing..." They perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion so that they may be, believe the lie and so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth but have delighted in wickedness. Thank you for the correction there. I said the so, book of Revelation and it was Second Thessalonians. I'm sorry about that. Well, I had to check it myself. So. <laughs> I, I, it literally My mind is a really... busy place, but thank you <laughs> yeah. for the correction. No, that's fine. Um, I know that sometimes our listeners hear that too, and they want to make sure that they're getting the right that, address. for. No, it's awesome stuff, that you but... did the context. I, uh, the King James Version is especially nice as well. I don't know what version This is. This is 1984 NIV. NIV. Before cool. it was corrupted. Cool. But uh, yeah, so anyways, we, before we were recording, we were having a little conversation, and you were talking about um, one of the things that kind of, like your story, you didn't, you weren't raised in a Christian home, you weren't raised in, or that I know of, or uh, you just didn't have a lot of strong Christian influence or dedication in your own personal life until you went through a series of events. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say that I was raised in some sort of radically atheistical household or something like that. I mean, it was a nominally sort of Christian household. Uh, I went to Sunday school as a little kid, but I was at seven years old, I was antagonizing my Sunday school teachers and being like, well, if God's so great, why did this happen? And, and stuff like that. <laughs> right. Um, 
I stopped going to church uh, probably when I was like 13 or 14. Um, but I took up a great, I, I never relinquished the zeal for truth. Even as a little boy, I was very passionate about truth and abstraction and big ideas. And so I went down the path of, uh, I really wanted to know God, but I wanted to know God on my own terms. So I went down the path of philosophy and science for many years. I was an agnostic. I eventually became comfortable with a classical theistic point of view. Um, as I matured, I gravitated towards the existential psychology and philosophy of Soren Kierkegaard. And I, on an intellectual level, at least made my peace with the God of the Bible uh, through Soren Kierkegaard. So I was identifying as a Christian probably in my early 30s, um, but I was never conspiratorial. Now, there are some events that I knew weren't right, but, and I always sort of suspected that there were things going on um, but I wanted to kind of live in the dream world, the dream world. I, I have a German friend who we call it the drum valve. Um, I wanted to live. I didn't want to know about those things. You know, I want, you know, so there were some things that I thought were fishy, like, you know, uh, certain sort of catastrophic theatrical performances <laughs> that happen yeah. in educational systems. Um, I knew that that wasn't quite right, but I thought maybe these are being done for my own safety. You know, maybe these are tests of some mm. variety. Uh, but then um, I got to, I, I, I started to suspect that there was something more going on when I got outside my myopic research lane of existential psychology and philosophy and started to notice that um, A, the influence of the occult on great men of letters is profound and striking if you really get down into uh, the details of the research. And this is something that is actively omitted from all curriculum. Mm -hmm. And then secondly, um, when you're dealing with older and older texts, it becomes quite obvious that it's being edited and mm -hmm. details are being left out in every edition. And there are some books and some ideas that are outright suppressed and marginalized by the big publishing houses. And I thought that was very unusual that there seemed to be um, a, a, a hidden hand of censorship that has been guiding things for a long, long time. And I thought, well, this is very unusual. And then secondly, I started to realize the power of media. Hmm. I, I didn't realize how, um, just how brainwashed everyone was. And when I got into a position where I could start to see how individuals could be so easily misled through television, through the internet, through songs, through all those sorts of things, it began to be pretty scary because I knew what Hitler was capable of doing with a ham radio. Mm. And so you, so you take those two things, you multiply, you know, you're essentially, you're magnifying a situation by like a million. And then, you know, as we were talking before the show got started, I encountered something that I couldn't explain. So I am profoundly affected by a phenomenon known as the Mandela effect. Now, I have told thousands of people about this phenomenon. Most people just go, so what? Who cares? You're, you're well, hold on. Yeah. You, let's give a brief description of what the Mandela effect is, because some of our listeners will be familiar with it. Others sure. will not. Sure. So it's going to be hard to give a brief description of the Mandela effect <laughs> because it's, well, it's so multifaceted. But um, essentially, the world isn't 
isn't what you think it is. It's not how you remember it. Um, so you have scenarios where something that has been built into the framework of our culture, uh, whether it's uh, Forrest Gump's famous line about chocolates um, or Sally Field when she accepted her um, 1984 Oscar, what she said during that acceptance speech, or what Ed McMahon was doing and what company he worked for in the 80s, or a certain show about young women who are promiscuous in New York City. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it goes on and on and on. Or how, how Queen's uh, We Are the Champions song ends. It goes on. And on. There are thousands of examples of this. And so you think you know what those things are, but when you actually go back and check, not only are they not what you think they are, everyone you know agrees that it was the way that you believe it to be and so so the scenario is is that hundreds of millions of people have collectively from yeah, a psychological a misremembered the same thing which right. doesn't even make sense if if our memories were so faulty you would have a scenario where hundreds of millions of people would be collectively misremembering in different ways a hundred million different ways yeah. not the exact same way right if our memories were that faulty furthermore if our memories were as faulty as this mandela effect seems to be illustrating um i mean there would be no possibility for like testimonial in yeah. in courts of eyewitness reports or something like that you wouldn't remember your phone number you wouldn't remember what your face looked like from day to day if our memories were really as bad as people who are claiming that the mandela effect is just like a natural function of the memory and and then lastly like uh like this just really started happening like three and a half four years ago if this had been a phenomenon woven into the human condition like this would have been well documented uh, hundreds of years ago. Some people say, oh, well, it's only happening because of the uh, promulgation of the internet. The uh, people don't, the internet has been around for like 30 years, you know, and it, you know, you know, it true, you know, things like YouTube and other platforms and stuff like that really came to full form in like the late aughts. We should have discovered it then, but we're discovering it now. Mm -hmm. And that's so I don't really think I don't think those arguments are very persuasive. Now, not everybody in the truth community agrees with me on this. Not everybody in the truth community thinks the Mandela effect is a real thing. I know it's a real thing. I have proven it to myself uh, that if I can keep going and talking here, yeah, yeah. The, Please. you know, there are many. So the, the one, you know, when I first discovered this phenomenon, I had to make sure that I, pr I could prove it. And the biggest one to me was um, Rodin's The Thinker. So Rodin's The Thinker is a very important statue to me. It's one of the most famous statues that's ever been made. And um, hand to God, it had a fist on, the, on, on his chin. But in this reality, it is now an open hand. That freaked me the heck out because I had bookends with the thinker i was going to make it the icon for something i i'd always identified with the thinker because it's like this brutal philosopher um so on your bookends yeah that you had my bookends have changed they're flat they, now they're open hand now but you always it's a it's fist but check this out so i have so the physical bookend has changed. Yes. It's not just changed on the internet. It's changed in reality as well, but not everywhere. There is what is known as residue. Mm. So I went through all my art history books from the forties, fifties, sixties, seventies. I have all these books that I get from a local hospice. Okay. That yeah. I get for cheap. So every single one of my art history book, history books says 
that the thinker has a fist. Well, every picture shows an open hand. So the text in the picture in the same book is disagreeing mm. with itself. Problem. Okay. Yeah. Then I went online, right? So, so it's like the back, to, you know, like back to the future where like Marty keeps fading in and out of the picture. Right, yeah. That's what's happening. So uh, although we can get into a long discussion about like time dilation and travel <laughs> and time lensing and project looking glass, you should all go look all that <laughs> stuff up. But, um, so secondly, to determine that I was in fact, you know, affected by the Mandela effect, uh, was I, I listened to a bunch of online lectures from reputable universities like University of Chicago and stuff like that about Rodin's the thinker and every single art historian said, yeah, it has a fist. And these lessons were from like 2012. And then I took an online virtual tour of the museum, the Rodin Museum in Philadelphia, and the tour guide got in front of Rodin's The Thinker with like 30 school kids in front of him, had The Thinker to, to his back. He makes the fist pose, explains why the fist is so significant to Rodin's The Thinker. They're all looking at him. They don't think, no one thinks there's any sort of problem. The only problem is, is the statue behind him doesn't have a fist. So he's going. It's flat on his it's, fingers. It's open on. It's it's flat and open on in the in the like a shelf. Him. His his hand is making like a shelf, like an L yeah. shelf instead yeah. of a fist. And then finally, I dug up Rodin's journal, and he said, "What makes my thinker think is his clenched back, arms, and fists against his teeth." Well, that should be the clincher. Yeah, it should be. Yeah. You would think, but if you are part of the strong delusion, you can't see this. Because I, I think all of these things are fitting together. To strong strong delusion just isn't flat earth. It's going to be a host of things that we're going to talk about here. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't end with flat earth. I think there are delusion. There might be still delusions that I'm still part of that I haven't worked myself out of yet. I, I strongly suspect that the biggest delusion is still like that time is linear, that it's more like someone's name written in cursive. But we'll get to that right. later. Um <laughs> But uh, <laughs> I love when we have philosophers on because my, <laughs> my brain becomes jello within two minutes. But so, so what's interesting, I found an article yesterday because it looks like the thinker has even shifted a little bit more. It looks like he's like pressing against his face oh, and wow. his cheeks are puffing out. And so I found an article. There's a, a art historian in uh, Britain who says we should change. This is, this is, this just came out. He said, we should change the name of the thinker to the mourner and the reason why his justification for saying that the name that we should rename the thinker the mourner he says the thinker doesn't look like he's thinking it looks like he's mourning yeah and the thing is this guy's so deluded he doesn't understand that the statue has changed what makes him think the think the thinker's been around for like 130 years and he thinks he's so profound he's like i'm the first one to notice that it's mourning no the statue has changed and you can't see that it's changed and now you want to rename the thing that Rodin made. But to admit that, to admit that the statue is actually changing would mean that you have to talk about a form of physics or the supernatural that we can't account for yet. And so you're not going to have any educated person be like, yeah, the thinker had a fist. They go, oh, I guess I was misremembering. I guess I was misremembering. They just go into full NPC mode. Yeah. So... That's the Mandela. That's one Mandela effect. I will take that to the Supreme Court and win that case. <laughs> Are you pulling it up right now? Uh, yeah, I was, I'm looking at it on my phone. Just to, uh, the, the there's all these you know nga.gov, uh, met, metmuseum.org. They have copies of it, I suppose. Yeah, there's there are hundreds of copies of the thinker. Yeah, and there's actually two different versions. Because people are like, 
people were like, well, what if one thinker had a fist and another had an open hand? The original thinker had a cap and it sat in front of the gates of hell. It was part of a larger piece that Rodin did. But then as the thing became more popular, Rodin separated the thinker from the gates of hell and took off the cap. But the hand was always a fist. What kind of cap was it? Like a base? Like a... It's, it's, it's like almost like a do-rag or something. Yeah. And the thing, yeah. So, yeah, the, that, it's incredible. to. So this situation with the Mandela effect, that's what kind of drove you into research and starting to unpack. Well, it just shift your paradigm shift. Well, everything. Not, not at first. Okay. At first, I wasn't going to go down. So I, I, I was forced down the conspiracy rabbit yeah. hole. So I knew something was wrong, but I said, maybe there's something going on in quantum physics that would explain this retrocausality. So... I read every white paper. I watched every lecture, I, every TED talk that I could find on quantum physics. And at the end of that period of research, because I thought, well, maybe, you know, they, they, you know, they found the Higgs boson particle and figured out how to like, you know, tinker with the past or something. It's, I, I'm almost, I, I'm, I don't have a, a model waiting in the wings, so I'm not going to prepare. I'm not prepared to say that like quantum physics is total garbage, but like my instinct is that quantum physics is total garbage. Um, but I'll, I'll circle back to that conclusion later. Um, uh, there are only like six people in the world that understand what's going on with quantum physics. They all have a different conception of the universe. They, none of them really speak English at a certain point. They're going, they're just like, and dark and spin and pot like it, it just it's complete <laughs> yeah. gobbledygook right, like yeah. it, it's it starts to lose all anything resembling english and they all hate each other none of there's like the copenhagen interpretation and this interpretation that inter none of them agree with one another so and even if the leading the leading people were saying oh like maybe we like the, they were saying the retro causality might be possible like we might be able to like go back and affect like a an electron like a nanosecond in the past or something like that. That's not accounting for changing a fist to a hand, right. you know, an open yeah. hand. Yeah. So I needed answers. I wasn't going to sleep until I had answers. And I was, I was told that good boys never questioned the government. I was told <laughs> that good boys never thought about conspiracy theories. Well, I said, damn it. <laughs> I don't care about being a good boy anymore. <laughs> I need answers. So I tore off the lid to the rabbit hole, dove deep down. I didn't come to flat earth immediately. You know, you have to go down stages. Yeah, right. So you look at particular things, you know, you, um, you know, you might start off like, uh, you know, tearing apart the moon landing, which is pretty easy once you <laughs> decide that you're going to do it. It's, yeah. it's, it's a, it's a real joke. Like you actually feel pretty stupid that you ever fell for it. I it, I knew as a kid that it was like problematic, but I wanted to be a good boy. I wanted to get a good grade and be a good boy. Um, or then you might like start pick, uh, uh, picking apart catastrophic events, you know, yeah. or you might start um, looking at nine 11 and, you know, before you know it, you're like, oh yeah, we totally are infested with lizard people, yeah, <laughs> and right. the earth is flat, and they're underneath us uh, in the cloning centers and uh, getting ready for the you know Armageddon and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, it's always like the way that is very succinct that I think anyone would like 
the more that I read about it and stuff like that, the more I'm like, damn it, David Icke has been right all along. Well, I mean, well, I, he thinks the moon is like a spaceship or something yeah, yeah, yeah. like that. He can't, he can't get his mind quite around. Yeah, that. but there's some stuff that it, I love how he just summed that up with, you know, if someone were to read or even just hear some of his stuff about like, you know, the the stuff, and then when you understand it on it, just a, a little bit of a deeper level or like look into it. Yeah, it's mind blowing. I don't know. I, I feel like I have nothing to add to all this, but well, yeah. yeah. We, we can talk about reptilians if you want. <laughs> I, I, I'll give my opinion on what I think their existential status is. Yeah. But so, what? What? Where should we go from here? So that's that's how I became woke, kids, <laughs> and not not diet woke, not like yeah. any of this SJW stuff, but like right, but like you know. Uh, when you, you can't even watch a movie anymore you, well you i can't, can't listen there's a to certain songs. there's a certain bliss after you fully wake up to the reality of the world um essentially the way i like to describe it to people is like this if you're not like let's say you think um you know that you live on a spinning ball and the moon landing is real and like the, the news is real and history is or like you're if you think you're essentially in the position of a small child or a dog okay so like when you have like a small child or a dog who gets triggered by certain words like cookie or walk, the parents go, Hey, did you pick up the C O O K I E? Right. Or the, do you want to go for a W A L K later? Um, you're, you're illiterate. So you don't understand what the, the overlords of the parents are talking about. So <laughs> what, overlords. Yeah. Well, not really. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. what I want to try to communicate to everybody is that there is a symbolical, religious language that is all around you your entire world is completely encoded it's it's in the logos of cars it's on in the logo on the back of your phone it's in video games it's in movies and tv once you learn how to read the 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 matrix code or whatever you start to understand the movies and things like that that you're watching on a totally different level there's different levels of interpretation and you were uninitiated before now that you have that knowledge you can understand what's being communicated like the first time i saw uh 2001 space odyssey mm -hmm. by stanley kubrick mm -hmm. first time i saw that i was like completely mystified i was like what did i just see now i can tell you what it's all about right and that's gonna cycle back around by the way stanley kubrick filmed the moon landings yeah, <laughs> that's he, the that's the and, thing, he, yeah. and he hid the confession in all his movies, especially 2001 Space Odyssey and The Shining. Yeah, but many others as well. Yeah, I, I've I was, been hearing some stuff about Kubrick with uh, with in regards to that 2001 Space Odyssey and just uh, the way that the story is written, the way that he filmed it, even like. And then I heard something about The Shining as well. Um, well, I mean, yeah, I, I mean it's on Danny's shirt. Right. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's it, what it was. I was trying to remember. Some of the, my, off I was going to say yeah. some of the stuff is very blatant that it, they're not. It's blatant now. Right. right. Well, it's blatant now. Once you recognize, it's like when we were talking. I, I, Rosie, you and I were talking privately, and we were talking about um, the the new movie with uh, um, the the Joker. Yeah. And um, the scene after he kills the guys in the in the subway, and he goes running away from the scene. And he gets into the bathroom to hide and it's a black and white checker floor and he's doing like a dance mm. and he, that's like his transformation. It was like a ritual thing. And like, I, as soon as I saw the black and white checker floor, when I was watching the movie, I was like, 
pay attention. Yeah. What's yeah. what's happening right now? Because that's a symbol or a sign. The black and white it goes yeah. to the. It's you know these these secret societies. You know use these. It's called it's called um it's it's a tessellated uh, floor. It's called Moses pavement in in Freemasonry, and it's used when you see black and white floors. It's in like every music video. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, I mean, there's a reason why refs wear black and white. Um, essentially, in like esoteric religions, they uh, believe in duality. Right. Uh, that's there's they have beliefs about Lucifer and Jesus being the same being or spirit brothers, but also like that. Ultimately, um, uh, you know, it's like you, a struggle. You're, if you do bad, you have to do good as well. Yeah, like yeah. it's like the struggle, the, the yeah. yin yang, or yeah. I hate to say yeah, that, but the, yeah, that's what it's it is. Fine. Yeah. yeah. The black and the white. Yeah. Yeah, There's more to it than that. We're probably right. like for people who are truly initiated into these things, they they probably think um, you know that this is like profane babblings about it. <laughs> right, right. But uh, they're getting it so that, wrong. That's good. That's good enough for right now. Yeah, and I mean, we did like some. I was gonna say it. It goes back to the esoteric. We've been talking a little bit about like new. We did like a New Age November series or something like that. Yeah, we were talking about a little bit of like the esotericism of. Yeah, things. So, but what's important to, I guess, point out is even if you don't believe in these things, they're like, oh, just a black and white. Oh, that's just because it's aesthetically pleasing or something like that, or it looks good on camera. Even if we don't, like, if a viewer is thinking that, like, oh, why would they do that? Right. It's not important if you believe that it's something. It's these people that put it in there do believe in the power of it. Right. So it's it's not so much even that if you believe that it's a coincidence or whatever, it's the people that are behind it are particularly putting in it and they do believe. Right. And that's where a lot of, I guess the, yeah. But I mean, if you're, if you're, if if you're dealing with someone who doesn't want to recognize that pattern or whatever, there's no reasoning with them. They're just going to be like, they're just going to be like, Oh, why should I even care? Right. Why, why should I care? Like in this, there's this whole social engineering thing that's been going on. I see it a lot in young people, which is like really disheartening because that's like when you're supposed to be your most idealistic. Yeah. But like, I try to talk to people about, hey, the past is changing. Hey, the earth is flat. Hey, our entire reality is like fabricated. And they go, what difference does it make anyway? And I'm just like, wow. <laughs> like I used to think like people were dumb because there was like a lack of information. Turns out that's not the problem. Right. right. Turns out like everyone has been like hypnotized into like a state of total zombification through like, you know, chemicals in the water, hypnotic states of TV. Well, I mean, I've heard it said it's not It's like our future hasn't even become we don't have to worry about the 1984. It's the Huxley's Brave New World. It's It's already here. Yeah. Well, I was going to say it's not so much that, you know, you have those two different. Uh, views of the yeah i don't want to even say views because of huxley and <laughs> his ties with everything but uh like that's the one that is reality it's not so much 1984 it's the brave new world with the well i think i think it's like if you can do a little venn diagram of like animal farm 1984 and brave new world are elements of all of it yeah mm-hmm. so like 1984 like george Orwell, george orwell knew that the earth was flat there's like a very cool passage in 1984 where he talks about he's like where he's like do you not think it's be beyond the power of our astronomers to make the stars equally distant and equally close or whatever. Like the two plus two equals four is flat earth. Yeah. That's the code. Well, how about we can cycle (laughs) into the people just got totally lost. Just so you know that. Yeah. So maybe going back to using this as like a catalyst to hop back in, what was it that like 
got you first hooked on flat earth? Because I, I don't want to, well, maybe I'll sum it up like this. This might be an easier answer to say, um, with all the passion behind it and everything. Um, like I, why I'm trying to think <laughs> like someone would say, okay, yeah, like that's important that the past is changing or stuff like that. But why does it all come back to flat earth or what difference does it make in the, I'm, I'm trying to like, say yeah, I hear people all the time, I, especially Christians, like, which I, which I'm sorry. I, I know there's a lot of Christian listeners right now, but I, I thought like when I came into flat earth and like a biblical literalist understanding of the Bible that I would have like all these Christian, like, I was like, I was like, awesome. I found, I found out flat earth. I found out the Bible is real. I found, you know, I found God and all this other stuff. I was like, I thought I would have like all these, this great Christian community Friends, that I could yeah. join or whatever. And they're like, I, it's actually been more difficult to talk to Christians about flat earth than it has been like secularists and atheists or whatever. Mm. So like, mm. I actually get, I get really, I, I get like a lot of mainstream Christians do not like me. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a problem. But, but I mean, as far as like, why does it matter? Mm. Um, uh, you have, I mean, right. It, uh, you there is a great apostasy that has to occur, right? right? The great falling away. And what has caused everyone to fall away? Well, they think that the Bible is nothing but fairy tales, mm. that what is reality is outer space, right? That there are cars in the outer space, the space station, and stuff like that. And that's real, okay? Like, that that stuff's real, and that God dying on a cross is unthinkable, unthinkable, right, and right, resurrecting. Yeah, like, right. that's yeah. preposterous, but, like, us, like— Sending a pro a probe to the sun, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like think about it, yeah. Like that that's real, the sun. okay. Or that like there was nothing, then there was something, then there was slime, and then there was man. Like boom, 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 right, boom. Yeah. Like that these things, that these things are like respectable ideas, but like, but like God loving. Uh, the human race so much that he would incarnate and and resurrect and 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 save us from the evil one that these so so those have had that that mind control has really affected um i mean if you talk most people with advanced degrees and most intellectuals are agnostic and atheists and communistic mm -hmm. um and then people who are not who don't even have advanced degrees just like young people like coming out of high school um I don't, I, I, I don't know what the guardrails or the bumpers are for, I've probably said a million controversial things already. No, um, but like, <laughs> not only do people not know what's up and down, but like people don't even know what they are anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, um, there's profound, um, well, identity, Just there's profound crises going on with sexual identity. Yeah. There's profound drug use. I've lost friends to. You know, there are a lot of people who are like, well, if we're just spinning rock in space. Why don't I just kill myself with heroin? Yeah. Or if like, you know, or whatever, you know, like, uh, or or like our, you know, our vets or whatever that went and like fought in Iraq and Afghanistan, like come back and they like think like, you know, that. What's the purpose? Like, yeah, there's the like point? nothing, yeah. there's nothing to live for anymore or whatever, you know. So, and I guess the reason why I'm so in, passionate about Flat Earth is that It'll, I, I personally believe it is the knowledge increase that is going to bring people to a saving knowledge of Christ and ultimately fix so many wounds that people have, whether it's opiate addic addiction, uh, gender confusion, or, I mean, I don't think it's a panacea, but it's, it, I, I personally know 
many, many individuals who were atheist and nihilist, so let me, let me, alcoholics, uh, let me play and, and the, have done a complete 180 as a result of discovering this information. Let me play the part of the, of the skeptic in that, because sure. to me, it's the answers to all of those. Like if you like the opioid, the hopelessness, the nihilization or, you know, nihilism, you know, mindset, Christ, Jesus Christ himself is the answer for that. So where's the like? And so I'm not I'm like I said, I'm playing the skeptic sure. here. What does it matter if the earth isn't round or if it's flat or how does that play out to the fact that I trust in Jesus? What what did Jesus say? He said, he said, if, if I tell you earthly things and you believe me not, how can I tell you heavenly things? Right. Mm -hmm. And also like, what is Jesus? Is Jesus just John three 16 or this particular passage? Like the way that I understand Jesus is that he is, he is part of the Trinity, right? And he's with God from the very beginning. What's isn't that what John tells us right, or what first John or something yeah, like that? Yeah. Right. That in the beginning. The he's word, the logos or whatever. Word, the word made flesh. Yeah. So like yeah. to me, trusting what the Bible says on the very first page, so the very last page is ultimately um what it's all about. So so flat earth is bound up with um the conception of God incarnating. Uh, in the form of Jesus Christ. Now the question becomes: Is flat Earth a salvation issue? Right. Right. That's if it's not a salvation issue, it's not as important as a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Right. And I wouldn't go so far to say that it's a salvation issue because I think there've been many Christians who did not know that the Earth was flat and still are saved. Yeah. I think the problem becomes as this information gets more and more out there and it's, I mean, there are millions of flat earth videos on YouTube. There are hundreds of flat earth books that you can buy to remain ignorant on this question is no longer an option. I don't, I do not speak for God. I am not his prophet. I am just a dude with a laptop <laughs> with the ability to read, you know, I'm right. nobody. I would not I, I would, I, I, I mean, I would think it starts to get kind of dangerous to deny the reality of biblical cosmology after God has like started to show this to people, hmm. you know, I would, and I just, and there are just so many people who just laugh it off and aren't ready. Right. I, I don't, I don't speak for God, but I, I think it becomes problematic at this point when we have the ability to assess it so much. Yeah. So is it is it more important than jesus christ no but i think when we when we start doing like systematic theology and we're like going deeper and deeper and deeper into faith how important is it to have good religious hygiene about the things that we believe right yeah like for instance like you guys are very pro-life on this show i'm pro-life as well okay there are pro-choice christians you know are they going to go to hell because they're pro-choice i mean I, I, I was like, I mean, yeah. or like, well, look, or, look, 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 here's the thing. Yeah. Here's, I guess the, here's say, the bottom. Here's let me yeah. just, let me interrupt the, there. The bottom line is grace is abounding yeah. and it, we are saved by faith through grace, saved by grace through faith. And yeah. there's just, that's it. Jesus Christ is it. So the, the word has told the Bible itself, the logos, the living word has told us that there was no other name under heaven and earth in which men can be saved other than the name of Jesus. And, uh, you know, the cross was the method that God used to redeem mankind. The innocent blood of Christ spilled out and we 
by, by faith, trust in that work. All the other things are secondary to that. No one will have perfected faith when they go to heaven. They right. receive that after heaven. Right. No one will be sanctified clearly. You were talking about, hey, there's probably things that I'm believing, like at the beginning we were talking, there's probably delusions that I'm still under yeah. that haven't been worked out of me yeah. yet. And that's that's sort of the same way that the Holy Spirit works in the life of a believer, yeah. of bringing them into greater truth and submission to him. True. So for me, I think that, yeah, pro-life preference would be like a, you know, traditional marriage, you know, sexuality, the way God designed it, uh, pro-life, uh, you know, pro-gun. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Pro-Trump. Well, maybe. No, I'm just kidding. Might, I'm just that might kidding. be a biblical issue. Well, uh, we've done a podcast episode on it. There is a biblical mandate for, for protection of the innocent and um, and a right to defend ourselves and protect others. So there, there is, you know... Well, I was going to say, if you even want to bring the pro-choice uh, thing, is Jesus speaks... That's one of the things he does speak about, not harming the children. Right, yeah. So, I mean, I was going to say, there's right. even more of a mandate for... <laughs> and think about how passionate people are about the pro-life movement, right? Mm -hmm. How many people, because they can... I mean, it's a, it's a pretty easy philosophical argument to grasp... Like, but I don't think anyone's going to be denied heaven if they die, they trust in Christ for salvation, and they that part of their life has not been, you know, illuminated by the Holy Spirit. That part of their life hasn't. Because, you know, when I first got saved, I, I, you know, I paid for an abortion and for a girl. And we all have things in our past. I mean, right. So I my mean, point, I'm not perfect. But my point is, if I would have died between there and there, I, I believe I would have stood innocently before mm. the throne of God because yeah. he had cleansed me knowing yeah. all of these things because yeah. he knows everything. The beginning from the end. Well, I guess so my, it's the, a secondary. The point oh, I would say, yeah. like pro-life activists are very passionate, right? Mm -hmm. And how many people, because they, through rational means, were able to discern that abortion is wrong, started to become religious and started right. to come yeah. saving knowledge of, of of Christ, and it becomes hard to separate out your pro-life ethical views from your religious experience. They seem to kind of intermesh. Yeah. And so all I'm saying here is, is that flat earth I think is similar in that way is that at some point it be the understanding God's rationally intelligible creation starts to bleed into an understanding knowledge of, of Jesus Christ. Hmm. And, and I, I think that's why flat earthers are so passionate about the issue. Not to mention, like, they just want to save people from all the lies. Yeah. You have to understand, like, when a flat earther comes up to you and is, like, tr trying to walk you through this or whatever, they're risking everything to, to try to bring you out of a great delusion. Like, they're not, they're not doing it for attention. They're not doing it to look cool. They're, not, they're certainly not doing it for women or money or whatever. I'll tell you right. what, my life in those respects was a lot better <laughs> four years ago. I'm like totally radioactive to women now. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I've always been radioactive, so I'm with you on that one. That's a byproduct of the rabbit hole, I think. Yeah. yeah. But in general, I mean, radioactive. yeah, don't, yeah. I would say don't become a Christian if you, uh, if you want an, an easy life, right? Well, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, yeah he, Jesus uh, said that. He said anybody on the side of truth will be hated. Yeah. So, know? so if you want to, if you want to experience hatred for the truth, become a flat earther and become a, <laughs> become a biblical flat earther. Yeah. So yeah, even even other Christians will hate you. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's, it's pretty. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> that's to, it, yeah. I mean, to me, like uh, you know, because I'm still in process sure. on this thing, you know, and and um, 
I, I think for me, it was more of, it wasn't a curiosity like, oh, I just want to know what these people think about. It was more of like, how could you think this thing, yeah. <laughs> you know? And so there's a lot of, um, you got to have, you got to be willing to listen. You just got to be willing to listen to things and, and really with integrity, look at things, not sure. you lay a bias down, lay some things down that you might've carried into the conversation mm -hmm. and open yourself up to be willing to hear things that you may not agree with and research them. And I would say that, you know, that's, that's always my appeal to an unbeliever when I'm just trying to share sure. Christ with them, mm -hmm. you know, Hey, look, you may not agree with me, but at least if there's truth to this, then we need to, you need to be willing to, with an open mind, explore it because it could mean everything, yeah. you know? And so that's kind of how I approach it. But so Mandela effect, or so you, you kind of like Mandela effect, the thinker, it's just so, it's so cool to yeah. me that God used the thinker as a philosopher, as you being a philosopher, kind of minded yeah. person, like that's your passion that he would use the thinker as the catalyst to move you into. That's just one example. You know, I mean, there are many more. I could talk to you about the American Gothic painting um, and how that's been, I think, retroactively uh, affected. Or I've never heard that one, please. Yeah, well, our, if I were to ask you guys to describe the American Gothic painting, describe it to me. An old man and an old woman standing with a pitchfork and... House in the background. House in the background. With, I couldn't tell you what color the house was. I think it was gray. How many does, does the peanut gallery want to weigh in on, on this as well? Do you get our audience? I mean, I can't think of anything besides that. Oh, let me ask you this question. Where are they looking? Straight ahead. Your answer is? Yeah, was, I would say I'm trying to picture it in my head. Straight ahead, yeah. Peanut gallery? Uh, I never, never. Didn't pay attention to the painting. Peanut gallery? I thought they were looking at each other. Okay. Should I Google it? Real oh, just quick? pull it up. I, 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 I remember it clear as day, as straight straight ahead. Yeah. yeah why, don't you, why, why, why don't you at home and everybody right now just pull <laughs> up the American Gothic painting and see if it's anything like what you remember? I'm trying to make it some. Oh, well, he is looking straight ahead. He is looking straight ahead. She's looking. She is askew. Yeah, she's kind of looking. She's to like the angle. she's wow. like uh, thirty degrees or something like that. Yeah, maybe thirty three. So here's the deal. Yeah. So so no way she was ever askew. So I went back to those same art history books that I told you about earlier. Every single one of those art history books said American Gothic is an example of the art form of parallelism. Everything in American Gothic is parallel. The oh. tines on the pitchfork, the shadow on the farmers of the pitchfork on the on his, on his uh, overalls, the the windows, the um, everything in this picture is parallel. And it, so much except that it's a now in this version of reality, the man and the woman are not parallel anymore. So if she had always been askew. Every single art history book would have noted the fact that she is no longer parallel, and that would be a significant anomaly that symbolized something. Hmm. But it's not mentioned because it is so obvious that they were parallel in the past. No one cared to write about her being not dead on. And if you look, look up a picture of the um, the models for for American Gothic. They're posing with the painting. They are looking dead on at the camera while they're posing for the picture. Okay. They're, oh, so the models are looking. Yes, that's the one. Yep. All right. The models 
that are in American Gothic are recreating the pose for a photograph and they are standing next to the painting. They are looking dead on in the recreation of the pose in the painting. The only problem is, is that their pose no longer matches the original right. uh, stance in the freaking painting. Hmm. Hmm. How does this happen? So do we have, do we have any photographs or copies of it with the original both facing forward the the most that we have are no, no all the all the all the photographs of the painting have changed there are parodies of the painting like for instance like the opening for green acres with uh uh Shasha Gabor's sister or whatever do 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 they do the American Gothic thing. They're both facing forward. Right, right. Because they're imitating a painting that never existed. Hmm. Why would you why would you imitate a pose that has never happened? So let's I feel like I'm taking yeah. crazy pills. No, 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 no. Well no, but so I want to go I want to go. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 well, yeah, but yeah. I want to go deeper with this. All right, so say it say it is changed. Why is it changed? And who changed it? And when when was the divergence? I have to write a book about this. I don't. I don't. <laughs> Do you know. have a theory? Like, Do what? I have theory? I think I ultimately God is in control. So God, God, it's a miracle of God. Well, that's like but, a Sunday school class when you. I know, but <laughs> Do I have every a kid answers? God did it. You know, it's I, like. <laughs> uh, I mean, for for me to truly know, I'd have to tell you what time is, which I don't really know. I expect. Okay, well, okay, let me say this. You're always like eight steps ahead all of me. Right, all right, let me say this. God told us what earth and the stars and the moon and the sun were very clearly in the Bible, and we did not listen. Okay? It's all there. All right? We have looked to quantum physics and other philosophy and other disciplines to tell us what time is. I suspect that God gave us a theory of time that is currently laying unearthed within the Bible. I currently do not know how to express it. This is amazing because Rosie and I had this conversation. Yeah. We were talking about the creation story yeah. mm -hmm. and yeah. the word of Yom, the word Yom, which is a day, right? Yeah. The day in the, in the Hebrew for talking about, is there a possibility for theistic evolution or I don't know if that's the proper term that evolution is garbage well, gotta, gotta well i think the it. difference is that i not, i don't see an issue with it not being literally 24 hours because right. I, I have issue with that and and his we were talking him and i were just offline talking <clears throat> i guess it was last week and we were just talking about we went back to the word and we were checking out the the actual phrasing of the words yeah in just light before the sun <laughs> and, uh, and how can it be shapeless if the if there's Formless. No, formless. How can it rotate on an axis yeah. for twenty four yeah. hours? Yeah, exactly. So, so there. Well, <laughs> I just <laughs> Are exposed, you a flat I just exposed myself that you know. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But, but what my point in that was is that time is there is uh, naturally theologians have gone to the day because he says there was night and then there was there was you know night and then there was day and then the first day you know and there was morning there was evening there was morning there was evening in the first day second day third day you know so because of that there was a construct of time implanted into genesis you know in the creation story that i believe now you know i think you have to be careful when because some i i hear people say oh well in, in peter it says a day is like a thousand years and 
you know, a thousand years is like a day. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a couple other places in scripture where it talks like that. And those you have to be careful because the literary, the literary uh, working of those of that verse and Peter in particular is not a, it's not, he's not making a literal prophetic statement. He's actually make, he's given an analogy or it's um, more poetic. I don't know if that's, I'm probably, probably theologians out there like, what is wrong with this dude? No, I understand what you're saying. I don't don't claim to have it figured out. I mean, there are many, there's a historicist interpretation of time. There's all millennial, premillennial. Oh yeah. Well that too. There's all the preterism, preterism. There are all these different, I'm still working my way through it. So that's why I'm like hesitant to say, I know exactly what's going on. I will say this. There is likely, um, as far as like candidates for what's causing the retrocausality, I think there are scenarios where uh, time travel is real. Who is doing the time traveling? Well, I mean, there's time, in my opinion, there's time travel throughout the Bible. Donald J. Trump. Well, <laughs> what, if I had to say, if, if I had to pick someone on the world stage today who had access to time travel technology, of course, I would say it would be Trump. Um, (laughs) there is there is a lot of circumstantial evidence that that is the case, but that could be a psychological operation to make (laughs) us think that he is more powerful than he actually is. This involves me telling you stories about, um, his connection with Nikola Tesla. I know. I, 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 I don't know if your audience is familiar with this or even knows who Nikola Tesla is. Um, the book. The book from yes, uh, the, the the marvelous adventures of Baron Trump and, and yeah. things of that nature. My favorite this is a 1955 spinoff of Bonanza called uh, Track Down Trump. I don't know if you've mm. seen this or whatever. So there seems to be some sort <laughs> well, wait, of you can't just say that and not tell us about it. Do you not know about it? No, no I never heard you don't know about this. I don't oh. know. Track Down yeah, Trump. Okay. Right. I, hey, I've been I've been trying to pull off. I'm not allowed to do a lot of internet browsing, so oh, I've, been, well, I've been in the dark for a while. Well, there's a, there, I mean, so there's some, so, I mean, it's a combination, it, given on your understanding of reality and whether or not it's it's being orchestrated or whether or not certain things are being predicted because of other technologies. Now, there's time lensing technologies are top, top, top secret that I, I can't, I can't begin to understand, explain the mechanisms of. I, I, I suppose they're a lot like. A, have you seen the movie Minority Report? Yeah. Where they, it's like a combination of technology and psychics or whatever, or, yeah. or mediums or whatever. Well, what, what, what's time lensing? Huh? Time lensing. Time lensing. Oh, it's like the ability to see into the future. Okay. Yeah. Um. Um. So, and that, and that technology. I mean, it's not. It's an old technology. I mean, all the all the rulers always had like sorcerers and astrologers mm-hmm. and things like that. To, yeah. or we're always talking to like demonic entities. I mean, if you go back and look, find out a person named uh, John D, he was like the smartest yep. man in the world. And like uh, the 1600s, he was he an was advisor to, to the queen, to queen Elizabeth, the yep. first him and Edward Kelly were uh, using black mirrors, obsidian mirrors, yep. mm-hmm. which are look a lot like uh, iPhones yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to uh, talk to, uh, uh, Enochian angels, they believe they got these yep. Enochian keys. And I do not advise anyone to go uh, too deep into Enochian magic. You might invite something into your life that uh, you are unprepared for. But is this the same thing, Emanuel Swedenborg? Uh, Swedenborg, uh, I, 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 he had, I don't know if it was the same thing. From my understanding, is that the what John Dee and Edward Kelly did uh, with the Enochian stuff lay dormant for a while until Aleister Crowley got a hold of him. Right, gotcha. and, uh, Swedenborg's mystical experiences, I don't know the particulars about, gotcha. but I know he was, he was, he was, uh, he was a, a, a mystic on the scene in the 
in the 19th century that, yeah. you know, everybody knew about that we've kind of forgotten about. Um, so there's time travel. There's scenarios where the timeline could have split. We could be in an alternate uh, timeline right now, or the alternate timeline has already occurred, and maybe I died in it and transcended the space-time continuum. Uh, back here to bring you some information from another place. I do not know. Have you, that's kind of the plot of Donnie Darko. Yeah, right. yeah. Don, and I, it's my conclusion that Donnie Darko is Donald Trump, if, but that's a whole theory of mine that I'll... I have to go, go rewatch that yeah, movie. Go watch again. it with thinking that Donnie Darko is Donald Trump. So... Yeah, it's hard. It's kind of hard to get your mind around, but yeah, my brain's already like starting to connect yeah, some stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I yeah, have to watch yeah, it, man. Yeah, it's it's very subtle. Um, uh, I could I could go into it. The number. Let me just say this: in these sort of predictive programming pronostication movies, the number eighty-eight is very significant. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the number 88 uh, refers to the number of constellations. The sun and the moon actually do these things called analema, where they skate figure eights in the sky above our head. Um, the, the, Del- the DeLorean goes 88 miles per hour. Yep. Donnie Darko is made in 1988, yep. or supposedly takes place in 1988. Um, During the election. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not an insignificant <laughs> no, detail. No. Um, in Virginia. <laughs> with, with Bush versus Dukakis, yep. uh, which is yep. not an insignificant detail. Um, I... Uh, the uh, the 88s, if you flip them on the side, are two eternity signs. So they kind of represent as above, as above and so below eternity signs. We were just talking signs. about the Ouroboros earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they're all, and they're, there's lots of 88s that surround Trump. There's lots of 88s. Yeah. So the number, I don't have it all figured out, but that's that could be a potential scenario. Um, or maybe we're in an unstable timeline right now, and I'm going to die in this timeline, and everything will be fine. It'll, the clock will rewind and every, it'll be back 2015 and I won't be there and everything will be normal and you don't even remember me yeah. or something like that. I don't know. Like, Yeah. I was going to, there's an interesting guy. I can't, uh, is it SMQ that talks about oh, the, yeah. the, on Twitter? Yeah. SMQ, but he's yeah. done a lot of videos. Are you familiar with I him? don't know. S- not, uh, not off the top of my head. Do I know he SMQ. was going to, his yeah. whole theory is, is that, uh, the Mayan calendar with the 2012, that's when the, the, the split in the timeline happened. Could be. I don't know. I yeah, don't have it all figured out. Yeah, I mean, gotcha. it's, it's a, it's a hard, it's all very theoretical right now. Right, right, right. Um, it's, I believe it's the last mystery after flat earth to, mm. uh, to be resolved. I know that I personally can't figure this out unless I like probably devote a decade of my life to writing a thousand page book about it. Right. Like I can come up with like some cool theories and like decode some movie stuff, but like, I won't know until I like go through every scripture in the Bible and see what God says about time. Mm-hmm. And God talks a lot about time, you know, yeah. uh, like, like Turner was m- mentioning uh, earlier. So, um, yeah. So we haven't talked about flat earth at I really directly gonna, at all. We've been talking say, about Mandela effects yeah, and time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we let's can get t- into it. This well, is, yeah. Um, so what do you want? What do you, what do you want to know about flat earth? So what is, well, how about we'll start off with the basics of, so you, you said that uh, this is wrapped up in the truth of God, uh, his word. Right. So what, what Bible verses or how do uh, they, the very first page, <laughs> every page, right. the very well, first yeah. page, right? I mean, but, you were talking about the creation story, right? I mean, the one that, I mean, the one that stands out to me most obviously uh, there's one in my mind that I'm well, it's like it's Genesis one six and 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 God separated the waters above from the waters below with a firmament, mm-hmm. 
And that had always perplexed me as a kid. I was like, what's a firmament as a little kid? I was like, I don't know. I like dinosaurs and space shuttles. And right. Moving on. <laughs> but the the word that now, now I want to say, I didn't really prepare for this podcast or anything like that. I'm just doing this like casually. So yeah, like, yeah. Um, had I had a little bit more time, I would have, you know, you, you know, you might stump me on a few things, but uh, the I'm not, that's not the intention. Yeah, but the <laughs> Hebrew word for firmament is rakia, and it's a structure. Essentially, there's a dome above us. We're enclosed. And if you want, or, or another one would be Isaiah forty twenty two. God looks upon the circle of the earth. And a lot of Christians go, a ball's a circle. I'm like, do I have to take you back to kindergarten? Here is a ball. Here is a circle. Okay. Did God stutter? He said circle. You know, and that's like a really hard thing to get to people is like teaching them basic geometry. Mm-hmm. I don't mean to be, I, it's, I, 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 I feel like oftentimes like I'm like the teacher of like a gigantic special ed classroom. It's like, I no, a ball is a circle. No, no, no. A circle is a circle. Right. A ball is a sphere. Yeah. Had God wanted to say sphere or ball or globe. He had the capacity to do that. There are Hebrew Hebrew words for that. Right. So, So, I mean, there are many more. I mean, I mean, I mean, the core, God talks about the foundations of the earth, the mm -hmm. corners of the earth, the portals in heaven. Uh, He says that the sun moves, that the stars have names, that they're angels. I mean, there are no planets. Uh, There's only one mention. the, The only potentially like, you know, modern cosmological word that you could find in the Bible would be there is planet occurs once, but it's, it's, it's met. It's a, it's, if you look into the origination of it, it's really an allegory for Zodiac for constellation. So uh, I forget where it is, but there is planet. The word planet does happen once, but it's, if you look, if you go deeper into Strong's concordance, it is, uh, it means Zodiac. So, I mean, it's all over the place. There are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of scriptures um but yeah i mean i don't know uh there i mean i don't i don't i don't know what else to say about it so let me ask scripture from a scriptural perspective what else should i say about it so have you thought much about like the flood oh i 100 percent believe in the worldwide flood worldwide flood and 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 the waters came from clouds the great abyss and from the windows of heaven that's where the why the waters above the firmament are important that God opened those floodgates and the water came. That's why God was able to flood the world so quickly. You know, it wasn't like a little drizzle of rain or something like that. You had these shooting up fountains and this, the floodgates of heaven opening plus it raining. And that's why the ark was able to take off so quickly. Well, it took, uh, he was in he was it building for, it for 120 years. Yeah. And he was in it for over a year. Well, was he in it for a year? Yeah, it was, it was 362. How long did it rain for? Uh, 40 days and 40 nights. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, but so, so that would, that would help verify the flood waters being yeah. Yeah. as high as they said. Dude, there are freaking whales on the top of Mount Everest. No one ever taught me that. Whales. Whale, whale, bones. Whale, whale, yeah. bones. whale bones. Oh, really? Yeah. And there are whales on the top of the Himalayas and seashells on the top of the, yeah, and so the this, main line, the mainline science answer to that is that the, that the mountain erupted out of the ocean. And I'm like, has anyone ever seen a mountain erupt out of right, the ocean? Kind of, yeah. I, I haven't. And, and, and I'm going to go with God on this one. Yeah. Okay. So the flood would, that would help un- explain the flood. Very yeah. Clearly. We're like an inside out snow globe. So like the waters on the, there's, 
there is no outer space. Space, get get your minds around this, people. Space is fake. It's you. There is an ocean above your head. So, yeah. So God just flooded the inside-out snow globe. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I'm just looking at Rosie, and you're like, I don't know what to add. I know. I, okay. It's it's like so, I, I don't know how many times I can say two plus two equals four, and right, I'm not trying right. to get mad at you, but it's no, like no, every no, day no. I'm like, hey people. Well, I'm trying. One, one, one. It's like let me. Know, what I'm yeah. trying to do is think like somebody who's sitting in their car listening to this, going, yeah, but what about? Yeah, but sure, what about? Try, throw. You know, I mean, I didn't prepare, but you know, no. throw whatever you got. Well, so what keeps us from? Well, here's an interesting thing that I think we can dovetail, which would be interesting. Maybe we aren't ready to talk about this yet, but what about the sides of the, what keeps us from going over? Well, there, you know, in addition to the firmament, which yeah. is enclosing us, it is the belief of many flat earthers that Antarctica is not a continent, that it's actually an ice ring that is encircling the circle. The outer of edges the, yeah, of the planet. Right. And that's of the, right. And so the way that you, the sun and the moon are local and the way that the, the sun circuit runs like a, like, kind of like around like a maypole or whatever. Mm -hmm. The reason why that ice ring forms is because it's not getting as much sunlight as other parts of the world are. Sure. So in a sense, it's holding in the oceans of the world, like a gigantic world cup. But then you also have a firmament that's coming down and meeting those ice walls at some point. Now, now here's the crazy thing. There's an Antarctic treaty that was yeah. put in place and signed by all the countries of the world uh, in like the 1958 or something like that, right before the establishment of NASA. So you, me, and anyone else, we cannot explore Antarctica. We cannot settle Antarctica. You can like take a little tour to like a coastal region of Antarctica or whatever, but none. Of, if we got a billion dollars together, we still could not cross Antarctica because most likely there's something down there that they don't want us to find. Now, a lot of people have a lot of different theories about Nephilim frozen in ice and UFOs <laughs> underneath the ice. And all that. Well, I, I mean, really, I mean, it would prove that the earth is flat and enclosed, as the Bible says. There are no north to south circumnavigations of the so-called globe. You can only circumnavigate the globe from east to west and west to east. You cannot fly over the south and north poles. Cannot be done. Has not been done. That should be a major okay, well, red flag on. with anyone with three I, brain cells. So, all right. So I'm, I flew to Russia, yeah. and we supposedly went over the top to get over there because it was quicker than flying around. You went over the North Pole? Supposedly. We went supposedly. over the, the Arctic Circle. Yeah. Okay. I mean, look. so look, so, so I don't know your flight path. Right. But flight paths make a heck of a lot more sense if you're looking at a flat Earth map. Like, have you ever... So... You flew from Virginia to Russia. So from Russia Dallas, probably well, we here, America York, here. We went from New York to to uh, yeah. Finland, so Helsinki, Finland. We took a, you had a layover there? Yeah. Well, we'd yeah. have to get the map out and look at it. But yeah. what I'm trying to say is if you've – like when I was a kid growing up, I'd be, I'd be like, why do we have a layover here? This is a weird place to have mm -hmm. a layover. Why was this woman flying to Russia and she – uh, they had to do an, she got, she had, she started going into labor and they yeah. had to land at this weird place. And like all growing up, I always heard about these weird layovers and weird emergency landings. And I, it just didn't make sense on a globe. When you, when you take those same routes and you put it on a globe, straight line, mm. straight line, every single time, every single time. When you put it on a flat earth, you mean? I mean, you put it on a flat earth. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. So, uh, did so you're, you, did so you hear if about we had a map out here, I imagine your New York to Finland to Russia thing would go like that. I'd have to look at the map. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure where yeah. Finland is, so I'd, 
I know generally where it is, but I'd have to. I, yeah. I, I I'm almost Every, positive. I always forget those tr- three fingers. Which one's which? Yeah. <laughs> there, yeah. But there's like Finland and then the Sweden and, Nor- and Norway. Norway. I, so yeah. I, I get which. I kind of confuse which is is Finland the first one. I don't know. I don't know. I was. I hear they make great snipers, and they're bad at conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. the yeah. world record for sniping is uh, is held by a Finn. A Finn. Oh, was cool. during World War, yeah, that guy was a badass. Yeah, I yeah. think so. So, yeah. uh, did you hear about the plane that wrecked? That in Antarctica yeah. with thirty eight people. Uh, yeah, it's probably a psychological operation. To, my my guess is that it's a psychological operation to, to scare you from wanting to fly over there. Oh no, I'm gonna go to Antarctica and die. That's that's <laughs> yeah. that's probably what that is. So okay. you know, so people go, well, I- but that was a Chilean plane. Thing you, thing that your listeners are going to have to get their mind around is like, there are no countries. There are no countries. <laughs> get that through your mind, like because, like this this flat Earth thing is done in concert with oh, all like- the different countries of the world. Right. Russians, who are supposedly our enemies, give us rides to the International Space Station. Yeah. Think about this. We're enemies on Earth, but friends in space. Does anyone see a problem right. with that? Yeah. Okay. And like, there's like, Australia has a space program, India has a space program, Israel has a space program. Everybody's, I, I have a space program. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> Elon does. Right. Oh, don't get me started about that guy. Ah, <laughs> oh, he's potential antichrist candidate, by the way. Really? Yeah. Potential. Okay. He brings fire down from heaven, and he has a neural link. Wants to put it in your forehead and chip you. That's... <laughs> I'm not saying he That's is, pretty... but oh, by the way, von von Braun, the Nazi founder of our space program, mm-hmm. wrote a book about um, traveling to Mars, and the first settler on Mars was going to be named Elon. Oh, and really? so it just so happens that the man who wants to go to Mars is named Elon. Wow, this is how scripted our reality is. Yeah, and I. I... I was going to say, we want to do a, uh, so I don't want to talk about that, but and get too much into the founding of NASA, but that, that, that's an, inter- I hadn't heard that before. Um, I was talking with him. We're planning. I don't want to, I'm not going to give it away, but, uh, all right, we're going to, I want to do an episode on Jack Parsons. So, oh yeah. Uh, Babylon yeah. All, working. All yeah. Stuff. I can tell yeah, you about yeah, yeah. that stuff. Well, I don't want to get, <laughs> maybe we'll, maybe we'll you, bring you back. Maybe we'll have another. you come back yeah, yeah. on. Yeah, and yeah, it's crazy do, stuff, but, man. Yeah. 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 They opened a portal or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, well We'll get into it later. <laughs> and I was going to say, this is an interesting point that uh, has always fascinated me about, since we're sort of in the same realm of Antarctica. Is this correct or not that Germany, so obviously we know they took tons of excursions down there. I'm sorry, not just specifically Germany, the Nazis, mm-hmm. Hitler, he was in just intensely, uh, they, they were looking, Right. And they actually did have a base down there. That after the war, they never reconstituted it. Like they've had the continuous long well, space. Is, is that? I, I I have not seen it. I know that the Germans were involved in Antarctica. Listen, I I don't have everything figured out. Sure. I, but another thing you probably need to get your head around is that we probably lost the Second World War. That's going to be a tough pill to swallow. Our CIA, our intelligence agencies. Our space agencies completely founded by Nazis, occultists, and Satanists. We brought them over in Operation Paperclip. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, this is public knowledge. Go look, just simple Google search. Find out who von, von, von Braun did the the rocket for Hitler, and then he came over here and he did the Saturn rocket. Yeah. And then we can get into the symbolism of the Saturn. Saturn. Saturn, yeah. and the Saturn rocket, and the Apollo program. Like, think, guys, like, think, why, why are all the planets named after pagan gods? Why are right. all the missions named after occult stuff like Gemini and Mercury and Apollo and Saturn? Like, it's because like we live in a totally satanic world and we got brainwashed. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, so uh, I lost my train. I thought what was the original question? It was um, German. Oh, the German. Yeah, like so Hitler was not killed in the bunker. He lived. Uh, the skull that they had uh, turned out to be a female skull. Yeah. Um, Trump declassified aspects of the of the JFK files back in 2017. They have pictures of, of Hitler in Colombia, I think in the 50s. Um, many, many other Nazis made it to South America. Mm -hmm. uh, it's probably where a lot of the cloning experiments and things like that got going, uh, as well within here. It's, it's just, it's, it's more messed up that you can pop than you can possibly believe. There's probably a lot of truth in that movie. Um, boys from Brazil. Yeah. If you've seen yeah, that. Yeah. 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 That's uh, exactly what I was thinking of. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah, we kind of, we kind of lost the second world war, but we were supposed to lose it. Uh, the whole thing was set up from the beginning. So like Pearl Harbor was an inside job. 9-11 wasn't the first inside job. Inside jobs have been going on for a long, long time. And World War II was just a rerun of World War One. And Hitler was most likely, you know, not organically grown. He was like an art school dropout. And then he like, over, yeah. like leads a whole nation with a ham radio. He had to have some backing. Well, see, and that, that's one of the things. Maybe we can get that's it's it's really funny because we had not talked about this before. But I've been on this kick lately about the uh, the just the the coincidences with Hitler. Maybe if we can just jive with this for a minute. Sure, I'll I'll do I'll do. I was my gonna best. say like you know about Karl Haushofer. I don't enlighten me. Basically, he was the I think from my understanding, and I'm just starting to get in. Like I just was in the last couple days I've like started getting into this, but apparently he was the Rudolf Hess was his mm. uh, student and basically said that this guy, like with the Vril society, yeah, and all that, yeah. I'm pretty sure this is the guy that kind of spearheaded it. Um, but yeah, it was just interesting when you're talking about Hitler that he, um, I just read this account where he would just like wake up in the middle of the night, screaming about stuff, seeing stuff in his, yeah. in his room. Yeah. And, um, the fact that he had, and basically the, the the where I'm going with this is that he was the uh, uh, this might be a little out there. No, he was a, I, I, a vessel for he was de demonically possessed, yeah. and he was being used by these uh, because they had so much with the occult. Yeah. and I'm not trying to give him by any means. I, I, I'm just going to go on the record. I'm not saying that I I don't hold him culpable for what he did, uh, of what he did, but I I, I believe that there is a lot more stuff behind it than just we should check out you should check out what uh the the, the ss sent um troops into india this the whole idea of the aryan race and what it, it yeah. goes back to this belief in um hyperborea it's essentially that it goes back to the flood right that there were a race you know god essentially flooded the earth to preserve um uh to you know His blood the right, line. right yeah. bloodline because it had been contaminated by fallen angel dna mm -hmm. and uh I don't know if your audience oh, is yeah, familiar with Genesis 6 and yeah, everything yeah, yeah, like we're that. we're all on that. Um, but uh, in theosophical and occultist circles, they believe that some remnant survived the flood that was not necessarily 
this of is Noah's Noah. stock. This and is mostly uh, Blavatsky. She wrote yes, a, a yes, lot about this. That's where the someone's been studying. <laughs> and, uh, I, I know a little so, thing or two. So <laughs> Hitler. So from what I understand, and you know, this is like deep, deep research, super tinfoil hat stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, I wasn't there. This is just stuff that I've been able to piece together. Go, check, go research it for yourself. Yeah. Uh, from what I understand is that they got a bunch of Buddhist monks from, from yes. the Himalayas and they brought them into yes. Berlin yes. and they would perform these occultic rituals and they called Hitler the carpet biter. Yep. I don't know. Any, and so what he would do during these seances or these rituals with these monks is that he would just roll around on the ground and have like seizures and stuff like that and like try to gnaw at the carpet as he was being incarnated with something like that and it, it would make sense that he was demonically possessed if you like listen yeah, of course if you listen, listen to hitler just talking his normal like voice he's like hi i'm hitler you're such a nice little girl that you know he was like always like very like kind of effeminate like yeah. off like before but then he like gets up to the podium he's like right you know like yeah. you all know what hitler sounds like when he gets to the podium it's like it's like he's channeling something yeah so and i was gonna I, say I, it's not it's not it's not that crazy to me i, I think the earth is flat yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to say, and that's one of the, these things that it's interesting, maybe in a, a, a different way. I heard it put, I can't remember who was talking about this, but almost in the sense that, you know, we can look back through time and they're talking about a, uh, in in the sense of the Antichrist, right? And yeah. of the singular, because I, I think all of us here believe that there is, it's not symbolic in the form of there's going to be a guy, he's going to do these things. And almost in the sense that God only, uh, the Father, is. it seems like he's the only one with the knowledge of when all this is going to come down because Jesus doesn't even, uh, he doesn't say, yeah, I'm not sure exactly when. Yeah, it's complicated. only I, the Father knows, right? Right, and I, I don't mean to get too much into this, but. That gets into the double-mindedness of God theology debate. Yeah, well, and I'm not trying to do that, but I just meant that it seems like there's always maybe within each generation or skipping a couple of generations that there's these um, potential candidates that yeah. you can look at throughout time that you would say, well, he's doing a lot of this stuff. Um, and maybe it's, that's the the cycle of Satan maybe that he's putting in and waiting for the rest of everything to, to happen. And there, he, so I'm not saying that Hitler is the antichrist in particular because the, the rest of revelation didn't happen right. and he didn't do those things, but it's well, who knows like with time those... being the way it is. Maybe it did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're yeah. like in a temporary, like reboot of reality. while God like works out all the stuff. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but no, I, I'm, I tend to, let me, I have somewhat to subscribed to that theory. They're always being an antichrist and waiting, but I've, I've been reading a lot of uh, historicist theology and, and a mm. lot of the reformed theologians always believe that the Pope was the antichrist. Right, so right. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'll, I'll defer to the, to the clergy here. Well, let me just, I just want to read First John. There's okay. a, he makes a commentary. He says, Dear friends, or dear children, uh, this is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. Right. This is, that, this is how we know that it is the last hour. Uh, and so, uh, you know, John makes a, a statement in there that there, there's a spirit of Antichrist that's existing in the world. And we find that through all kinds of, you know, we don't, we're not allowed to, they don't want you to pray in school. They don't want you to, you know, um, say in God we trust. You know, they don't like just all yeah. kinds of things where the spirit of Antichrist is exposing itself in the world. But then there's also Antichrist's individuals. And then there's the Antichrist who will 
be revealed the man of lawlessness that was in second Thessalonians, which we opened up. Well, I was going to say one of the interesting things that just (laughs) struck my mind, honestly, as I was driving on the way here was since you said this with the Pope and I have a bunch of Catholic friends, I don't think they are going to listen to this podcast though. So I'm I'm in the clear to say this, but one of the things that they were talking about with, uh, and we've, we've done some episodes on this that it's either because he doesn't have the passions towards women. So that means either he's, homosexual he's gay or he could be a heterosexual celibate which would be a pretty good indication that it might be a, a pope a pope so i was but, just gonna but they're not <laughs> well, well then maybe the, the that he's the first <laughs> they, 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 the pope they, a great deal yeah, right, but, yeah you're giving anyway. him a whole lot of fear <laughs> a lot of generosity there but yeah anyway sorry this that's yeah, fine well, anyway, so we've talked about flat earth scripturally yeah, yeah. a lot. I mean, yeah. I think, I mean, we're dancing around. I mean, I think we just need to talk about like just basic, like just think people, just mm-hmm. think, right? Like if we just like walk through the reasoning of it, like let's, let's, let's seriously, because, because we were indoctrinated so young with the Copernican understanding of the universe, we ne- you know, we showed up at first grade and the teacher went, can you believe that people used to think the earth was flat before Christopher Columbus? And then right. everyone goes, ha, 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 ha. And then it's never, it's Question. never right. thought about again. So just think about it. The, all right. So if we're on a globe, all right. Okay. It, on the Copernican model. Okay. It is spinning at close to 1100 miles per hour at the equator. 1.4 the, times the speed of sound. Okay. Mm. And depending on where you are at the equator, it's going to be faster or slower. So like here where we are, it, it might be, I don't know exactly what it is, but let's say it's like 800 miles per hour or something sure. like that. It's at a 23.4, 25, 23.4, 23.5 degree tilt. Whoa. Which, <laughs> Sorry. I hit my, my headphones so, hit the microphone. So, so the complementary angle, which 23.4, if it's wobbling that way is 66.6. Mm-hmm. So that number should stri- stand out for all Christians. Okay. Then the earth is going around the sun at 66,670 some miles <laughs> per hour. Okay. All right. Then the sun with its gravitational pull is corkscrewing through the infinite yet expanding universe, mm-hmm. right? Which is a contradiction in terms mm-hmm. and dragging all the planets with it at 525 100,000 miles per hour or something like that, right? And then the Milky Way is spreading out at like 2.3 million miles per hour. And I, to be honest, these they're just making it up with the, these numbers. Right, yeah. right? Copernicus thought the sun was 3 million miles away and then the Kepler thought it was 12. They keep, keep changing it. I'm just, this probably since I last looked at it, the miles per hours and the tilts and everything, it's like changing, it's just yeah. constantly changing. Um, so you are spinning and moving and at least, it's probably more, four different directions at unfathomable speeds. And I ask anyone who's listening, do you feel yourself moving? Right. No, I do. No, just be like, let's just be quiet and still for a second. (laughs) Do you feel any movement? You don't, you're still, you, you can trust your God given senses. Okay. Secondly. All right. Just think about it. If you can visualize a globe, okay, you're taking you're, you're taking a trip to Australia. Let's get, let's say you take in a plane, okay, okay. Does your plane fly upside down to get to Australia? Think about it. No, no, it doesn't. Yeah. And that's not even that's not even actually how airplanes fly. 
air, it's an aeroplane for a reason because it flies parallel with the ground. Mm -hmm. So it gets to its cruising altitude, flies parallel with the ground. Now, now that you know how the, the, the aerodynamics of a plane work, put that on a globe. Fly parallel with the ground on a globe. What's going to happen? Take off, yeah. What, like, to the viewers at home or the listeners at home, describe <laughs> more specifically what's going to happen if you're flying. It's flying away over, across, oh, way over the. Uh, you're going to fly into globe. space. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're yeah, going to yeah. fly into space. If you fly in a straight line over a globe, you're going to fly into outer space, yeah. which doesn't exist. There is no outer space. It's a movie <laughs> in your mind. So, like that. And the only way that you could fly over a globe is if you tip the nose down of an airplane, but there's that never happens. Mm. And then thirdly, the way I would say, it's just like water physics, like, like water always seeks its level. It always flows from a higher elevation to a lower elevation. It is always going to sea level. The top of this water right here is flat. Pools are flat. Lakes are flat. Ponds are flat. Oceans are flat. Seven, Tense of this world is made of water. If you follow the syllogism, you have to conclude that the earth is flat. And then you go, but gravity, there is no gravity. Gravity is a hoax. Okay. I take this bottle of water or here I'll do, we'll use, we'll use hot air balloons and submarines. Okay. Okay. How does a hot air balloon get up off the ground? Okay. A hot air balloon gets up, up off the ground because they are heating the atmosphere that is naturally occurring within the balloon and accelerating those particles in such a way that it becomes more buoyant than the surrounding air, right? It's not right. some special, they don't, they're not putting helium or something like that in there. It's the same nitrogen and oxygen that you are breathing. They just accelerate the particles that make the air lighter so that as it, it starts to take the balloon up in the sky. And then they vent that hot air and it starts to descend and become more and more dense and it comes back down to the ground. Same deal with a submarine, okay? A submarine that's crested the waters, it has compressed air in its tanks and it's floating on the surface of water. Then it takes in the water, becomes more dense and sinks down to the bottom of the ocean. Then it evacuates that water and comes back up. It's just density and buoyancy. This falls not because, because some force is taking it to the center of the earth, but just because it's more dense than the surrounding medium. Or it rises because it's more buoyant than the surrounding medium. Does that make sense? Yeah. Two plus two <laughs> is four. The only reason you believe in outer space is because you saw it on TV. And TV is not reality. Mm -hmm. It is television. Television. Yeah. <laughs> Programming. It's a broadcast because it's a I, spell. I got nothing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I, I mean, all right, so I got a question. <clears throat> I got, sure. I got some. Uh, all right, so um, this was s s given to me. At least... <laughs> All right. Uh, pilots are taught to follow the horizon. Yes. Not straight. They do tip the noses down on long trips. Just It just happens slowly. I have never heard that. Every pilot that I have talked to has never told me that. Really? So I'm not saying that, that per whoever sent you that is telling a lie. But, I mean, they, they said themselves they follow the horizon. Okay. A horizon is a straight line. Okay. All of a pilot's tools, the gyroscope, the artificial horizon, work on the assumption of a flat plane. Right. I know of no no pilot I have ever talked to has talked about tipping the nose down. So do you have you 
Unless they're descending to land. Yeah. Well, or, the yeah, way they, it de- I mean, it's going to depend on the aircraft. Down, but yeah. they, generally, they, it takes off. They can't see me, but generally, you take off like this. Nose up. And you, and you kind of land nose yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. You're not You're not going like this. You're not going, do, 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 I'm landing now. You yeah, don't see that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to land. You're not like a swooping bird of prey. Right, right. You're like touching down with the back of the wheels and the yeah. front wheel. You're not tipping the nose down. So. Now, mate, I mean, look, I don't claim to be a pilot or the, the like foremost educated person on, on airplanes. I mean, you should have a subject matter expert here in that. But everything <laughs> that I've ever researched is that that's just how planes fly. Yeah. Um, all right. So I have another question for you. I don't know. I've never heard this before. Uh, an ant to an ant, a rope is something that. OK, hold on a second. All right. Do, what about ants and a rope? Have you heard that theory? Like that we're like ants in a rope. I'm not sure what like this that, is. Like that, like that we are, like that, like like a rope it only something... seems flat to us because we're so small, like an ant. Right. Yeah. I think I think that's what I was kind of go to too. Is like, what about the size, sheer size of the the dimensions of the planet? You know, quote it's unquote, supposed. Planet. To, I mean, it's testable. Like, wouldn't wouldn't uh, okay. So if it was so big, if it is so large. That a, a small, you know, an aircraft, even a even a large Boeing aircraft, flying along the surface, it would not necessarily be detectable of a curvature because it just you just kind of follow. Yeah, that's it. what they say. They say that you can't see curvature. It, they keep changing it, but they say you have to get like, I don't know, I I've, like I should be up on this, but it. I think they say you have to get maybe tw- i don't it's you definitely can't see it from a plane you're you're, sp- you're supposed to get to a height that none of us can be able to get can like get 80, to 80,000 feet or, or something feet. i don't even know if it's that it's high. just trust the government cuz they you, have satellites you just, up there it's it's a height that civilians can't get to but if you send up weather balloons or rock or a civilian rocket or something i, I it will it will most likely crash into some kind of structure and it will show that it is flat and level no matter how high you go the horizon keeps rising to the level of the eye um, now, if you want to say, oh, we're like ants on a rope or something like that. Well, uh, here's a big difference between us and the ant. Uh, I can take a camera and measure this earth and its spherical trigonometry that's given to me. An ant cannot. But an ant can also lift, what, like 50 times its body weight? Right. So it's a trade-off. <laughs> the ant can carry a leaf like 50 times its weight over its head. I can use science. I can also kill the ant. <laughs> okay. Well, so uh, it's an imperfect analogy. I, I don't know why people are so di- I, my globe, my globe. I love my globe. <laughs> why, why, why are you people upset? Did you guys just like watch a lot of star Wars? Like, do you, uh, well, I, I, I watched it this morning. Actually, well, it was on. Uh, well, Return of the what, Jedi. What, what do you think star Wars is? Star Wars is like, star Wars is like candy propaganda. Yeah. I love there that movie. Yeah, I'm sorry. But That's your golden cap. Mo globe. <laughs> I think there's. I think. I think George Lucas even hit a flat flat Earth clue in there because, like, does it like when they're going in like the Death Star? Does it isn't it completely flat, but the Death Star itself is a, a sphere, so you can't really it's hit a, both these things. It's like a planet. It's not it's a ca- moon. <laughs> yeah, That's not a moon. Oh, my favorite. My favorite thing about flat Earth is the moon is see through. The moon is translucent. The moon's not for the sun and the moon are circles. They're not spheres. Just look at them. And if you pull up a daytime moon, someone pull up an image of a daytime moon. I got you. you got, like people are so indoctrinated, they can't even see this. Maybe I, I hope I hope you can, Rosie. 
We'll, we'll see how much you've wow. broken free from your, from your wow. program. Wow, he didn't even address it to me. <laughs> He's like, I hope you can get set free, Rosie. No, I, I was looking at him at the moment. Here, okay, all right, look. All right, do you have, does everybody have a daytime moon pulled up? On your Google images? Yeah, okay. What color is the sky? It's blue. What color is the shadow on the moon? Blue. What color are the craters? Blue. The moon is see-through. <laughs> the moon is translucent. You cannot land on the moon because it is not a physical object. It is translucent. Well, there's other pictures I'm looking here that it doesn't look translucent. The sh- well, you're looking at the nighttime moon. No, that's a it's from day, daytime looks, daytime looks, daytime waxing crescent moon. The sky looks black by Bartosz Wojcicki. Oh, I mean that shadow. The sky that shadow to me. No, granted, I'm taking eye drops at the moment. So, <laughs> right. full disclosure, I have yeah. some dry winter I'm eyes. Just, I'm just. Oh, is that because? That, What's that? I was oh, gonna say it's, take, it's you, not because you're. Oh, hold on! Oh my goodness! <laughs> What's going on? Never. It's done. Don't just smoking that sticky, sticky green stuff. <laughs> there we go. We try to fit that in in every uh, episode. Okay. I, I, I mean, to me, to me, that sky, the shadow, and the craters are all the same color. But we're under some weird lights, and my eyes. This are, is true. So I couldn't see that. That's blue. It looked black. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and I was going to say, just put it, just, just zoom. Think about it. If the moon is really two hundred thirty-eight thousand miles away, do you think you could see the details that you see on it? Look at the details. You can see the pock marks on it. You can see like the Sea of Tranquility and Tycho Brahe's crater and stuff like that. If it were really two hundred forty thousand miles away, uh, do you really think you'd be able to see that detail? You go, but but look, it's so big. It's a quarter size here. No, it's not. It's the same size as the sun. They're just like two dime cut quarters, you know. Yeah, and I was gonna say I do like this the uh, the the videos of the moon. Uh, what are they? The called? lunar wave. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. By tr- Crow Triple Seven. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Those are very cool. If you get a chance to look those up, they, it. I. You know, I don't know exactly what it looks like. It's. It looks like it's behind water or is water, and that there's a wave that goes across it. Some people say it's holographic, like a like a computer screen or something like that, resetting. Hmm. But, you know, I don't know. I mean, maybe the moon's a projection. I mean, maybe the bat signal was a subtle clue to an aspect of our reality. (laughs) Project Bluebeam, right? Well, Project Bluebeam. I mean, in the the same sense. Yeah, that's why it's also important to know about Flat Earth is that uh, at some point the alien deception will be played. And you can't have people freak out about aliens if they still believe in space. So if... There are a bunch of people who understand that space is fake and that aliens are demons and there aren't other worlds. You know, I I, I really hope it doesn't come to that. But you I mean you could have like uh, you know you could have Independence Day happen. Mm. You know, yeah. And <laughs> yeah. you know they they may resurrect Gilgamesh and say he's the the Antichrist, the, the Antichrist, and Chipya and stuff like that. I don't know how it's going to play out. Yeah. But there, are, listen, folks. If you see things in the sky, they have holograms they can put in the sky. They have craft that you have no idea what they're, they're doing. They've got things underground that they've been breeding that are going to look like grays and aliens to you. And there's stuff that's been here since the beginning of time with us that's been hiding out, waiting for this last big moment to try to thwart God. And they're going to lose, just like they lost when they, tried, when they killed Christ. They thought they won, but then he resurrected. Ha ha, gotcha. Right. So that's Satan right. is so dumb. It's true. Well, well I, I was going to say, since we talked about this, just... 
I just thought of this. What do you think about uh, with the Tom, Tom DeLonge uh, specifically? Have you been following him? Just uh, he's a, he's Blink One Eighty Two guy. He's a, I, he he is part of the Brotherhood. He is not to be listened to. He's he's. You don't think he's just a witless pawn that's just being? No, he, he's he's fully complicit in what he's doing. He works with John Podesta. I mean, right. if you know anything about John Podesta, I, right. Yeah. I suggest you learn a good deal about John Podesta very oh, we soon. Did a, we you might want to look at some WikiLeaks. You might want to yeah. check out his, some art that he has. Uh, might want to investigate something else. Well, I, I don't know. You, you do yeah. that. I'm not going to end up with a. Uh, let's just say I have every desire to live. I do not want to. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have no desire maybe, to be suicidal. Maybe. Yeah, we should all go on the record right now. <laughs> yes. I I am not suicidal. I love. Think Christmas is coming up. That's right. I hope my parents got me some good gifts. I'm looking forward to opening those. <laughs> on a, this is a sign of life, yeah. uh, uh, proof of life. Uh, Turner has not yet said that he is not suicidal. So no, I, maybe I, you am, can I am not go suicidal. Ahead and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a target. You were just sitting there. Not suicidal. I'm, suicidal. No, I'm sorry. I was, uh, I was scrolling through our episodes. I was trying to find out which episode dealt with that particular topic of Podesta. It was and a Pizzagate it, it, one. It was Pizzagate, but I was trying to figure out what number it was to tell our guests, our listeners, so that they could go back and listen if they wanted. Um, but I can't seem to find it. Fair enough. Um, I'll find it in a second and I'll give you it. Yeah, but I was going to say... But uh, I don't want to kill myself, just so you yeah. know. <laughs> what I was going with, were you talking about the alien deception and the fact that he's been... Uh, it's just interesting that now they have this... Like, do you think it's going to be happening um, with the alien deception is going to be happening sooner rather than... Like, do you think yeah. that they're ramping up because he's coming out and starting to... He's doing all that. I mean, the Pentagon has been saying, oh, there's UFOs everywhere. Like, UFOs Navy, are like on yeah. Fox News now. Right. So, and and people are so brainwashed. More people believe in aliens than Flat Earth. Yeah. Yeah, you they, know? they do. They do. People are ready, man. People are going to... People have nothing to live for. They're going to... They're going to... Oh, hey, we we come from we come from Alpha Centauri, and we're so smart, and we planted you here. Oh, here's a chip, by the way, that'll change your DNA, and you'll live forever, and you'll, you'll be on DMT constantly, right. or whatever. <laughs> and people are gonna be like, "Yeah, sign me up!" Like, it's people. Are, I, I I hope that God intervenes in the timeline so it doesn't get that crazy, but it's getting real weird out it is there. Really weird. The thinker has an open hand. <laughs> uh, the American Gothic woman is skewed. It is now life was, was like a box of chocolates. Yes. Was. That doesn't even make grammatical it sense. And it's, uh, and it's no longer the story about a mentally handicapped person aimlessly going through life and experiencing chance. He is fated. See, it doesn't even make sense. Yeah. doesn't even make sense. Uh, That's a Mandela effect, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, episode 34, Pete, Introduction to Pizzagate. There you go. John Podesta's mentioned in there uh, many times, just for our listeners. I like to promote Thank ourselves you. on our own podcast. That's cool. Always. There you go. Cool. <laughs> if I can keep us in the loop. Yeah. Uh, dude, this has been amazing. It's been a long one. Um, do we have anything else we want to, anything else we want to touch on? Oh, I, I did have a question for you. Sure. Pangea. With the flood, this this was back, so we're going back an hour ago, <laughs> but uh, Pangea with with regards to that because there is a verse in the Bible that talks about it, the the possibility of Pangea happening, uh, and um, I it, it, it makes more sense in that, like how does that work? Because in a globe, in a sphere, it seems like it would work better to to move apart. Uh, 
So what's your thoughts on that? Uh, they built a tower uh, to go to heaven because there's a dome above us and God's throne is above us. Well, Pangea is. I know. Yeah, okay. And then God said no and destroyed it and scrambled the languages and scattered the lands and scattered the people. So uh, I don't really believe in plate tectonics like that. I think God just like moved the land because he didn't want he didn't want people working together to i mean think about it supernatural just yeah i'm just yeah i mean look i'm in completely in the realm of super i think god can change time i think i think god makes the sun and the moon go around us i think you know the stars are angels i mean it's no big thing i've already taken a pretty big intellectual cost so so god breaking up the land and And just spreading it out it's really not Problematic. So you don't think it me. could be connected to the flood, the 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 waters receding? Well, may, may, and, maybe and, uh, I my I could setting be, off a series of events. I could be wrong about this. I mean, maybe the land was already spread out uh, after the flood, and then the people were spread out after the Tower of Babel. Well, I, think, I could be wrong. So I mean, typically the this is um, because they give you the table of nations mm-hmm. in Genesis ten, I believe, is where that's found, and. Basically, I think with Pangea, the way that that would work out is you settle into your you settle into your language groups, but then when Pangea comes, it actually creates oceans between and spreads them out, and that's why they would carry every that's why every tribe would carry the story of the flood, yeah, because they had they had they had witnessed it, yeah. you know, where they got off the ark and they knew about it, you know, after they after the earth was being repopulated, the story came with them. But uh, so I was just curious if there is any uh, any connections of where it would flat Earth would answer or yeah would like debunk or or prove a Pangea experience uh, based on the shape and the size and I, all that kind of I stuff. don't know I think it would, to be honest it, it would probably work on both models you know I don't really see I don't really it's not obvious to me like. It's not obvious to me, like uh, how Pangea would be an argument, totally for flat Earth or totally for globe Earth. I mean, yeah. I just, I, I just, I think the Earth is six thousand years old. I don't think there's been, you know, billions, if not millions, of years for the continents to spread out. Yeah, it's very like what, like what is it, like a quarter of a centimeter or something like that every year. I, mm-hmm. I just don't think there's, I don't think there's been enough time for that to happen. So to me, whether it's on a globe or it's flat or it was before the flood or after or immediately after the flood is kind of inconsequential to me. I think God did it. Yeah. I what did he just like do it with his hands or like with his mind? I I don't know. I don't know how exactly he did it. You know. Yeah. Um uh but incidentally, since we're talking about the Tower of Babel, yeah, you know, think about go back, I think like go back. When I was a little kid, I was in Sunday school, it was like why would when I was like, if we if we put men on the moon and there's like all these planets and Saturn and all this stuff like that out there, like why does God care if we build a really tall tower? Hmm. Uh, it shouldn't matter. But if we are endomed and God is right above us, then building a tall tower to storm the throne room of God is actually a problem. And no wonder God destroyed it. And so if you think about like the nature, like if you see the the um the Tower of Babel and how it's represented in art, 
in art, it's like a spiraling ziggurat or something like that, which incidentally, it, uh, is, the UN is the, U, uh, yeah. one, the, one of the EU buildings has that yeah. form. Yeah. Um, it also has a woman riding a beast outside of it too, yeah. if, if memory serves me correctly. Uh, it's just our world's like totally biblical. So in a way, uh, think about the rockets and the space program. And I mean, it's really just a repetition of the Tower of Babel. You're, they're trying to go into heaven. They're trying to break the firmament. They're mm-hmm. trying to, they're trying to be like God. They're trying to be like the Most High. Mm-hmm. Like it's totally spiritual. That's why, like Elon Musk names his like freaking rockets Dragon, mm-hmm. you know, or like they name them like Falcon, which is like the Falcon. It was like a Falcon-headed god in like mm-hmm. Egypt or whatever, or like Phoenix you name or it or Apollo yeah. or Fe- like they're trying to yeah. be like gods, you know. Mm-hmm. That's that's the space. The space program yeah. is an astrotheological cult. I don't know how, I don't know how else to tell people about this. Yeah, I feel like I'm just like repeating myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, especially and like we said, going back to just all we should, we need to do like a big episode just on the space program. We could talk about that and all the NASA. The yeah, yeah, the, no, the fork the, the tongue and the logo yeah. and yeah, yeah, man. I don't have anything. I'm, I know. I'm more. I, I'm just sitting here and adding in when I when I can. I'm about to flip this table. I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can still keep going. You're, you're but wrapped uh, up. I don't know. What time is it? it? It's it's late. Yeah, it's late. Yeah. So should we wrap it? Yeah, I think we should. I think it's been a good. It's been a good almost two hours. So. Yeah. But uh, Zeke, man, we will. I would love to zero in on on a specific topic again and mm. bring you in, and uh, maybe we can talk about maybe. Um, like the the Mandela effect a little bit more, sure. Or uh, we'll just get together. We'll talk about maybe uh, it, everything's everything's fair game. So, yeah, yeah. And and so, but uh, just let you know, you know, open door anytime you sure. want to come over. Sure, right absolutely. Uh, if you're just bored on on a Sunday night, come on over, hang out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll make it fun. But uh, man, we really appreciate you spending yeah, time man. with us and sharing your story. Sure, it's and, pretty cool. People are people are listening to me. It's a lot better than three years ago. People were like, "Go kill yourself," and yeah. and flash forward three years, people were like, "Tell us more." <laughs> Maybe three years from now, a girl will like me again. <laughs> oh, I got oh, I mean... <laughs> oh man! Uh, well, you know. I'll pray for you, <laughs> both of you. Yeah, that, that's probably going to be more miraculous than people figuring out. <laughs> Look, if you, if you think God can by hand move the nations, you know the the continents around. I don't know. He man. can bring you. A I don't woman. know. I think it's actually. I'm starting to think it's more miraculous <laughs> for me to get a girlfriend than God, like just moving the earth. <laughs> oh man, oh dude. Well, thank you so much for coming. Yeah, this on, is man. awesome. Yeah, and we will catch you next time on All Out War. See ya. Thanks for listening to the All Out War podcast today. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want to know more, you can visit us on the web at alloutwar.us or you can find us on Twitter at alloutwarcast. Hey, thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time.